The reading this evening is Psalm 104. Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps himself in light, as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent and lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariots and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes the winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He set on the earth, he set the earth on its foundations. It can never be moved. You covered it with the watery depths as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. But at your rebuke, the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took to flight. They flowed over the mountains. They went down into the valleys, to the place that you assigned for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross. Never again will they cover the earth. He makes springs pour water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The land is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests. The stork has its home in the junipers. The high mountain belongs to the wild goat. The crags are the refuge for the hyrax. He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens. Then people go out to their work, to their labor until evening. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom, you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and Leviathan, which you formed to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you, open your, when you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the, Lord, may the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praises to the Lord as long as I live. May my, med, may my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Great to see you all. We've got a new vicar. It's fantastic, isn't it? And he's not called David. <laughs> Maybe his nickname is David, but no, it's Simon. <laughs> That's good. No, it's a, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. God has provided for us as a church, and I'm sure we're all very excited about that in October. 
But today we're starting our series looking at stewardship. And that's the giving of our time, the giving of our finances, the giving of our resources, the giving of our talents, all of these different things. And today is the first Sunday of a four-part series. And we're going to start this Sunday by looking at God. Pretty good place to start, wouldn't you say? Seeing as we're in a church, we're going to start by looking at God. I think that's pretty good. And as I've been reading this psalm this last week, as we just had it read to us now, just to spend a bit of time meditating on those words from this psalm, it really is incredible to read about God and to see what God has done, how he has created all things, how he has done everything for us. It's amazing to read over this psalm. And as I've been reading this this last week, I had to come to myself and stop and think, honestly, how often do I just stop? In the midst of everything, in the midst of busyness, in the midst of all that's going on, how often do I stop and just thank God for who he is? It's not that often, if I'm honest. I don't often just just say, you know what, God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you that you are God. Thank you that you've created all things. Thank you that you have blessed us as individuals, but also for us as a church. And I think what Dave said as he was leading worship, that we often go through the motions and we come to church and we sing some songs, but, but we need to wake up. We need to wake up and we need to see that God is seated on the throne in heaven and is worthy of our worship. Because our worship, when we sing, it's not about us. It's not about how we're feeling. However much we think it might be, it's not about how we're feeling at this present time, how things are going in our life. Our worship is about God. It's about God receiving the worship that he's due because he is awesome, because he is mighty, because he is full of splendor, because he is all things. God is incredible, and he's worthy of our worship. What I want us to do now is, and Dave stole this as well. I did this this morning, had a bit of silence. We're on the same wavelength, you and me, mate. I think silence is really good. And a few years ago, I hated silence. I'm an extrovert. I like to talk a lot, and silence really is not the thing that I like. But the last few years, I've learned to be silent more than I used to be. And it is fantastic. It's a great way to listen to God. So in your own quiet times, try that. Try the the spiritual discipline of silence. It really is a great thing. And God speaks so powerfully in the silence. But what I want us to do now is to spend a moment thanking God. Okay, this is something a bit different. And you can thank God to yourself in your head if you're not comfortable with thanking God out loud. But I want to encourage us as a church to step out of our comfort zones and to spend a few moments now thanking God. And that's for us as individuals, but also for what God has done for us as a church. So let's just do that now. Let's just spend a few moments thanking God. I'm going to begin. Father God, thank you so much that you have provided for us as a church with a new vicar. Thank you that you are faithful, that you love us, that you want the best for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your Son, Jesus Christ, that through him we can have a relationship with you, that he has wiped away every single tear, and that he brings us into close relationship with you. Thank you for all you've done for us on the cross. It really is quite amazing, isn't it, when we just stop and 
thank God. And I really do encourage you to, to do that in your own quiet times. And just to make that a, a point as, as part of your prayer life, to thank God. And I used to do this thing called the art of examine. And it's a, an ancient method of, of thanking God for the day. And at the end of the day, you would just think over what happened in your day. And even small things like, thank you, God, for hot water as I have a shower. You know, just, just going through your day and thanking God, it really makes you grateful for what God has provided us with, for how he has blessed us in so many ways. What I quite like to do is, and I've shared this before, I quite like to go for a walk and to put my phone on read the Bible mode, to put my headphones in and go up on a walk near where I live in Badger Farm. And there's a beautiful walk that you can walk up over the hill and look down over Winchester. And I pray for Winchester. And it's quite an amazing thing to do. As I was reading or listening to this psalm this last week, you really can't listen to this psalm and think about yourself. It's quite a difficult thing to do, to read this and to think of yourself. You have to think of God because there's so many amazing things in here about who God is. I just want to read a few that stuck out to me. Verse 1, praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. Verse 7, at your rebuke, the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took to flight. Verse 19, he made the moon to mark the seasons. Isn't that amazing? He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. At the voice of the Lord, these things take place. He has created everything. And I think that's worthy of our praise. I think that is worthy of our praise. God is an amazing God. He's an amazing God. As I was praying this last week, I felt God challenged me to ask you the question, with what mindset do you come into church? With what mindset do you come into church on a Sunday? And I feel like what quite a lot of us do is we take out our phones, and I think quite a lot of us probably have smartphones in this day and age. We take out our phones and we put them on selfie mode. Okay, so we're looking at us. Oh, this isn't a pretty sign. We're looking at ourselves, you know, and we see something in us that needs fixing. And we gather people around us to help us look at ourselves to see what it is that needs fixing. And maybe you know, it's a health thing. Maybe that's a thing that goes going on with our families. Maybe that's just that we feel unhappy. But we gather these people around us and we look at ourselves in this selfie mode in the mirror. To think, how can I fix that thing that is before me? And it's counterintuitive, but really the best thing that we should do is take our phones off of selfie mode and point them straight up to God. To say, you know what, God, I'm not going to look at myself. I'm going to look to you in all things. Because the most joyful people I've ever met, the most happy people, are the ones that take their phone off of selfie mode and point them up to God. And they get God's perspective on life. And then pretty soon, they're looking around at other people from God's perspective, from God's heart, and thinking, you know, how can I serve this person? How can I love this person? How can I do this for, person, this, for this person? Because they've got God's perspective on life. When we're looking at ourselves, it's so easy to be put off from church. And church is not about that. Church is about looking to God and worshiping him. The amount of people that I know that have left the church because they look around at other people and look to themselves without looking to God. Because other people and ourselves are going to let us down every single time, but God will never let us down. 
God is faithful to the end. He will never let us down. Point your lives up to God. Because when we understand who God is, we get a different perspective on life. A different perspective on life. And that's why I believe that as we're talking about stewardship, as we're talking about our giving, our time, our finances, our talents, all of those things, really this stuff is a byproduct of understanding the holiness of God. Okay, if you're taking notes, write that one down. That's the point of my sermon tonight. I'm just giving you that one for free. Stewardship is a byproduct of understanding the holiness of God. That's what it's all about. I'm just going to give you two examples of where I see in the New Testament that this is the case. The first is about a man called Zacchaeus. Okay, you might remember a few weeks ago in our Luke series, we heard about this man called Zacchaeus. Okay, Zacchaeus, he was a short man. But he had a lot going for him in the world's eyes. He was, he was wealthy. He had many things. He probably had a big bank account. He probably had uh, the equivalent nice car of his day. It was probably a, a great big horse or something like that. But Zacchaeus had a lot going for him. He was doing well. And we know at the time that, that many people didn't actually like Zacchaeus because he was a tax collector. And people didn't like tax collectors because they were greedy and they stole other people's money. But Zacchaeus had a high standing. He had a high position. And then Jesus comes along, and he meets and encounters the holiness of God in Jesus Christ. And what does Zacchaeus say? He says, Jesus, I want to give away half of everything I have to the poor. Because it doesn't matter to me anymore. This stuff doesn't matter because I've encountered the holiness of God. And because of that, I don't care. You know, I don't care about my stuff anymore. I don't care about my bank account. I don't care about my car. Anything because I've encountered the risen Lord Jesus, and that changes everything. Stewardship, our giving, is a byproduct of understanding and getting the holiness of God. Because when we get it, when we get who God is, when we see who he is, then really this other stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore because we've encountered God. The second example I want to give is about Christians in the Macedonian churches. The Apostle Paul is writing to these churches in Macedonia. And he's, sorry, he's writing of these Christians in Macedonia. He's talking to his brothers. And he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, he says, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. If Paul is saying to his brothers here, I've got to tell you about these Christians. They're practically begging us that they would give some money away. They've got nothing. They're poor. They've got nowhere to live, most probably. But they're begging us that we would give some money to other people to help them out but notice verse one Paul isn't saying look at these amazing Christians how incredible are they Paul says we want you to know about the grace of God that has been given you see these Macedonian Christians had understood the grace of God they'd understood Jesus because they got it you know whatever they had didn't really matter anymore They're just free to give it all away. Could we say that for ourselves? Have we understood who God is? 
You know, the most happy, joyful people I've ever met in my life was a few years ago in a township in Cape Town. And we were building this church as a part of a project for these Christians that lived in this township. And half of these people, around half of these people, had AIDS and were not going to live for very long. And we were building this church and we were putting down this concrete floor. And the concrete floor wasn't even dry. And it was quite funny because they were waiting to come in. They couldn't wait to worship God in a church. Before the concrete floor was dry, they were jumping up and down praising God giving thanks. They had this keyboard that someone had lent them that brought this keyboard in, and they couldn't contain themselves. You see, they had nothing in the world's eyes, absolutely nothing. They're poor, and yet they love God, and they worship him, and they see the world from God's perspective, that they're just ready to give their lives away because it doesn't matter to them anymore. It's a difficult thing for us to do in the West because we have so much And God has blessed us with so many things. We have so much. And yet how hard is it for the rich man to leave all of those things and follow Jesus? You see, my challenge for you today, and it's not that I want you to give more money. You know, when people hear stewardship month, they think, oh goodness, they're going to try and get more money out of me. It's not about that. Honestly, I want you to see God. I want you to understand who God is because when we understand who God is, it changes everything and we're free to give everything away if God calls us to do that. That is the goal. Understand who God is. Just think to yourself for a moment about the most self-centered person that you know. Now think about the most generous person that you know. Something that I've learned in life is that self-centered people are miserable. And have you ever met an angry, generous person? It's almost funny, isn't it, really? (laughs) The two don't go together. You see, I want us to be envious, thinking, you know, why can't I be like these Macedonian Christians? Why can't I live a life like that? Why can't I just be free to give it all away? Or to have the heart to say, God, you know what? It's not mine anyway. It's just on loan whilst I'm here on this earth. That I'm free to give my life away if you were to call me to do that, to take up our cross and to follow Jesus Christ. That is what I want for us as a church. And we've heard some great news this evening that we're getting a vicar. It is amazing. It's great. In October, we're getting a new vicar. There's a new chapter of Christ Church life. But what is our goal from now until then? I would say, and I would say as our vision as a church, is to prepare ourselves. Is to get close to God. Is to seek God with all of our hearts. And... Really, it's up to us to do that. No one else is going to force us or make us do that. We have to make that choice that we're going to get close to God. Make that your vision these next few months. Get close to God. Make some time. Put some time in your diary and say, this is God time. And nothing is going to get in its way. 
Make that a priority in your life and you won't regret it. Let's do that as a church. And in a few weeks, um, Jack and the team have been busy. It's fantastic, actually. If you get a moment at the end of the service, pop your head in the prayer room, which is the tower at the back, at the back on the right, my right at the back. It is a fantastic room. And Jack, together with the team, have put this prayer room together. And it's really just to facilitate our prayer. And to have that as a space that you can book slots, that you can go and you can pray and you can get close to God. And there's some great resources in there that you can use to enable you to pray. Um, So please do check that out. What I want us to do now is I'm going to invite the band to come up. And this last week, as I was walking and, and praying and looking down over Winchester, again, God just reminded me of... The verse that says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And he's calling us to send out workers into the harvest, evangelists. Because I believe, I honestly believe, and I've heard this from many people around the city, many church leaders, many of you guys within the church have said that there is going to be revival in this city of Winchester. That we are going to see God's Holy Spirit fall on this city and we're going to see people come to Christ. And it's going to be amazing. And I believe that's going to happen. But we need people to be sent out full of the Holy Spirit that are going to see others come to faith. You know, we've had some amazing fruitful Alpha courses where people have come to faith and been baptized, but we want more. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. How are we going to prepare ourselves that God can take us and use us for his glory? to see people come into the church. This is what we need. We need to get excited about this and to see that God is on the throne and that he is in control and that he knows all things. So let's stand together. And as the guys have already got us to do, as Jess shared earlier, let's just put out our hands to receive more of God's Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that you are here by your Holy Spirit. And I pray for each and every one of us in this room. Lord, I I believe that what you said to me this last week, that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. That is true. And we need people, Lord, that are going to be full of your spirit to go out and to talk to people about you, that are going to pray, that are going to be close to you, that are going to worship you for who you are. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would again anoint us in this church to send us out into the harvest, to send us out full of your Holy Spirit to see people come to faith. Father, I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would help us to see that the only thing that truly matters is you that you are seated on the throne in heaven, that you are worthy of our praise. So Lord, let's lift our voices to sing for who you are. In Jesus' precious name, amen.